listening to the Refinery Church Podcast. Each message comes from our Saturday night service in Brea, California. We pray these messages will build your faith and encourage you today. This is a, uh, the bronze medal of honor uh, for the act of courage and dangerous sacrifice from the country of France. Well, the story is about a little girl, a little girl by the name of Marie Polly Thiel. She was from Metz, France, and um, at, at the age of three years old, she received this Medal of Honor at three years old. But the one that she, well, the, the, the person that she rescued doesn't really like her and actually is very unthankful because her little friend, her little playmate, Dennis, let me tell you the story of what happened. Her little playmate friend, Dennis, was two years old, and both of them were at the community pool together. Dennis fell in at two years old. Marie ran over to the edge of the pool, grabbed Dennis by the hair, and pulled his little head up above the water and held it there while he screamed bloody murder about his hair being pulled, and she was screaming, help, 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 until finally some adults came and scooped him up. She received the Medal of Honor for such an act of courage for doing that. When she was interviewed, the little three-year-old, I tried to find the interview. I couldn't find the video uh, of the interview, but I read about it. And it said that when she was being interviewed, she only had these words to say because she was only three years old. She says, Dennis doesn't like me. I pulled his hair. Man, that unthankful little boy. She saves his life, and what does she do? She just gives him, he gives her a hard time for saving his life. I wonder how many times, how many times God saves us from something tragic, something that might be life-altering, and all we do is focus on how inconvenient that was, how uncomfortable we were for a little while. I had a situation a couple years ago, um, had my dog with me in my car. And I was driving across town with my dog in the car, a little small dog, and he was sitting up on the front seat. And we came to an intersection and uh, the light turned and I'm like, oh, and I was the first one at the intersection. So I hit the brake and the little dog just thunk, falls down, you know, into the floorboard area. And I look over I'm like, oh my gosh. And he looks at me oh, and he starts to climb under the seat. I'm like, oh no, don't do that. And so I'm trying to get him, no, no. And I'm grabbing his leg and pulling on his leg. Of course, as I'm pulling on his leg, he's pulling further away from me. And I knew if he gets in that seat, my gosh, he's gonna get stuck under there. And so the light turns green and I'm pulling on the dog's leg like this. And now the people behind me are starting to honk at me. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm getting frustrated at the honky behind me. I'm getting, I'm getting frustrated at the dog. Finally, I pull his leg, he yelps at me. I pick him up, I put him on the seat, stay. And I start to proceed into the intersection. Just as I start to accelerate into the intersection, a car comes flying through the intersection, runs the red light. Serious. Runs the red light, and of course, my heart starts beating. And I'm like, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Wally. His name was Wally. Thank you, Wally. And of course, I'm thinking to myself, man, if I had gone, I would have been T-boned or maybe I would have made it through the intersection and somebody behind me might have been T-boned. Thanks to that inconvenience and that frustration of my dog climbing under the seat, 
all of us were safe. Man, oh man. How many times in life have we experienced a frustration or an inconvenience? And instead of being thankful and looking for the way to be grateful, we just, oh man, Jay. Oh, oh. We're learning the principle here at Refinery Church. And uh, the principle and the power of a thank-filled heart. That's what our series, Full of It, is all about, being full of thanks. Will you join me in the reading of our theme verse? Uh, let's charge this atmosphere with God's word. Let's read loudly and clearly this verse together. Ready? Begin. 1 Thessalonians 5.16 says, Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. So Pastor Kelly, why do you make us read this verse all the time? I want you to memorize this verse. And so we repeat it over and over and over again as a reminder on how to live, how to do the will of God. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful. That is full of thanks. In some circumstances, in only good circumstances, only when you have a plenty of money in the bank, all circumstances, for this is the will of God. Now, I've been hearing some reports. Uh, thankfully, many of you have been text messaging me and you've messaged me through Facebook saying, man, Pastor Kelly, this series has been so powerful for me. It's been so encouraging for me. I'm going through some stuff in my life and I really need to have the right perspective. Thank you. And I want to say thank you. I appreciate that you're hearing God's word and it is touching your life and it's making a difference. And we've had more downloads of our podcasts in this series than our past series. Not that the past series were bad. They were good too. But for some reason, this is really touching the heart of people. I actually had a pastor message me this week about being full of it. He messaged me, he goes, thank you so much for the message that you're going on. Hashtag full of it. And I was like, it's a pastor in Palm Springs. I'm like, well, that's awesome. That's great. I'm glad you're getting full of it too. Your congregation's going to be blessed because you're getting full of it. Why is this so important? Because I promise you, if it becomes a lifestyle, if you have a lifestyle of thankfulness, it will positively impact your home, your family life. It will affect in a positive way. It'll affect your work life and the relationships at your, work, your workplace. It'll, it'll fill you with daily peace and joy. And the Bible calls it joy that, that, is, that is unimaginable, almost seems impossible, it says in Philippians. And it really is the best way to combat depression and anxiety. I know this from personal experience. When anxiety tries to rise up inside of me, the best way for me to put it down is begin God, give God thanks appropriate thanks. Now here's another passage of scripture because we've been looking all over the scriptures to see how important the expression of thanks is. Here's another passage. I'm not going to be teaching on this tonight, but I wanted to share with you because it really gives the continued foundation of what we've been talking about. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15 talks about in the New Testament how to live the full life that God has called us to. And we do this by operating in His Holy Spirit. And it explains how to stay full of God's Spirit. Let me read this to you. Take a look on the screen. I'll read it. You can just follow along. It says, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but live like those who are wise, period. 
Now, how do you live like a person who's wise? Verse 16 says, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Pause there for a second. If we go back to 1 Thessalonians, it says the will of God is to be joyful always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God. So there it is. Verse 18 says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And how do you do that? Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs amongst yourself and making music to the Lord in your heart. That's what we were doing when we were just spending that time as Jordan and the team were leading us. We're saying, God, fill us up. The feelings you're feeling, the emotions you're feeling is God's spirit beginning to fill you up. And then look what it says at verse 20 at the very end. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You can't get more clear than this. What God expects us to do. Living a wise life filled with the Holy Spirit involves being thankful always, continually, in everything, in everything. That's one of our values here at Refinery, and I hope it's a core value for you by the time we finish and wrap up these series, that you are a thank-filled person. Last week, we talked about, if you weren't here, uh, last week we talked about how ingratitude is inappropriate. It is. One of the reasons why most Christ followers are not experiencing God's power in their life situations, I believe, is because of ingratitude. Ingratitude. Today, what I want to talk about is I want to just spend a few minutes, the next few minutes, talking about how we express thanks appropriately. So if last week is ingratitude is inappropriate, then how do we appropriately give thanks to God, the God of the universe? How can we, these Simple creatures here on earth give thanks to God. Now, let me explain to you. There are appropriate levels of thanks. Wouldn't you agree? If, 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 if one of you gives me a, a Starbucks gift card, a $5 Starbucks gift card because you know I enjoy going to Starbucks, and you say, you know, I'm going get, to get him a drink, so I'm going to get him a $5 gift card. I'm going to say thank you because that's appropriate, right? I'm going to use those two simple words, and I'm going to say thank you. Now, I probably won't jump up and down. I probably won't do a backflip. I probably won't run around the building going, woohoo! Because it's a gift card, okay? It's great. I'm thankful for it. But there are appropriate levels of thankfulness. Now, if you, instead of giving me a card, you give me a car, I might jump up and down and do a backflip and run around the building and go, woohoo! Matter of fact, I guarantee I would. And I would say more than thank you. I would say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I might give you a hug. I might even give you a kiss. No promises, but I might. See, there are appropriate levels of, of thankfulness. Right? So now let's consider this. When we consider all, lots of L's, all that God has done, how should we respond? See, when we think about what God has done, when we begin to contemplate what God has done, then it demands an appropriate thanks. It demands more than, hey, thanks, God. 
Gotcha, God. All right. Back off to life. I'm going to show up on Saturday night once a month, and I'm going to go give my nod to God. God, you're good. <laughs> and move on. Wait, well, hold on here. Hold on here. What? Have you really thought about all that God has done? When you walk outside and you feel the warmth of the sun, that was because of God, right? When you see the sunset every day, that was because of God. When you breathe in, that's because of God. That's because of God. The food that you ate was sourced by God. The strength to be able to walk through these doors, even if you had to use a cane, even if you had to be rolled in here, God gave you that strength. The ability to reason and think and create is thanks to God. Life itself is thanks to God. See, I'm talking about appropriate things, and I want us all to see and be able to get our arms, try to get our arms around this, because I guarantee as you begin to contemplate this, you're going to say, man, words can't even express my appreciation. I'm kind of a science guy. My first couple of years of college, I was a biochem major, was headed down the pharmaceutical bio, biochemistry world. Um, and so I've always had a passion for the sciences. And my family and I enjoy watching things like how it's made. And we like to see how things work and all that. Matter of fact, my oldest daughter's an engineering major going to USC. Yeah. Anyways. That's right. Final. Um, I did some research, and to this day, do you know that scientists and doctors still are perplexed how life begins? They are. There's a thing that happens inside of the womb that they've called the spark of life. That's kind of what they've labeled it as. And, and a little baby, all of you, all of us, when we were around 21 days past conception, give or take a few days, 21 days-ish past conception, something happens that they call a miracle. A spark happens. An electrical impulse happens. And a heart begins to beat. And those cells begin to beat and begin to form into a fully formed heart. And that heart beats 2.5 billion times in one lifetime and just keeps going until it eventually stops and life here on earth ends. You see, that spark was God touching every single heart that begins to beat. Life itself is a gift from God. So what is an appropriate, thank-filled response for life? I mean, if a car is going to make me jump up and down and do a backflip and run around this building going, woo what should I do for life? Right? What is an appropriate response for life? Okay, let me blow your mind a little bit more. 
That's just life here on earth. That's just life here on earth. How about the big picture? Let's, let's get off the macro and move to the, the micro and move off to the macro and take a look at eternity. God not only gives you life here on earth with the spark and the beat 2.5 billion times, but he says, oh, when this stops, I've got more. I've got better. I've got something that's eternal. And it's a gift for each and every one of you. Oh, my Lord. How should we be? How grateful and thankful should we be? I did something. My friend, Pastor Jerry Dearman, a few years ago, linked together a few passages of Scripture to tell the gospel story. And I remember when I was on staff there and I heard that, I went, man, I want all those Scriptures because I want to know that. And what I want to do with you right now is I'm going to read some passages of Scripture, about 15 passages of Scripture, from Genesis chapter 1 to Revelation chapter 21. And in four minutes... I'm going to tell you the gospel story. I'm not going to edit it. I'm not going to commentary on it. I'm, I'm not going to editorialize it. I'm going to simply read you the scriptures so that you can hear what God has done. Beginning with Genesis chapter 1. God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on earth. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may eat freely, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and she ate it. She also gave to her husband and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were open and they knew that they were naked. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin, thus death spread to all men because all sinned. There is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands. There is no one who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. They have together become unprofitable. There is none who does good, no, not one. The wages of sin is death. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, having no hope and without God in the world. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God and books were opened and another book was opened which is the book of life the dead were judged according to their works by the things they were written in the books the sea gave up their dead who were in it and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them and they were judged each one according to his works then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire this is the second death and anyone not found written in the book of life was also cast in the lake of fire but God demonstrates his own love for us. And that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins, 
that he might deliver us from this present evil age according to the will of our God and Father. We look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising its shame. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And you, he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sin. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. For by grace, you have been saved. Then he who sits on the throne says, Behold, I make all things new. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, no sorrow, no crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Amen. 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 Yeah, go ahead. You should applaud for that. So I need to ask, what's the appropriate thanks for eternal life? Saved from eternal death. Words don't seem like they can be enough. A simple thank you seems trivial, seems so small in comparison to what God has done. I want to do something more than say thank you. His life was given so that I could know life. And so my life should be lived in a way that every day says thank you. Shouldn't it? Shouldn't it? When this man was 17 and God reaches into his living room and plucks him up and gives him new life, Save me literally from death here on earth and death eternally. I said at that moment, God, I give you my life and I will live every day for you. That's the way I say thank you. The appropriate thanks should be a life lived for Christ every day, every day. The Bible tells us, how to give appropriate thanks to God. It gives us a hint. It gives us a clue. It shows and says this in Romans chapter 12. Take a look at Romans chapter 12, verse 1. It says this, Give your bodies to God because of all He has done for you. Pause there for a second. Now do you get it? See, we read the Bible sometimes. We go, oh yeah, God's done so much. Thanks, God. But now... Give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. All he has done for you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son for you and for me to know eternity. Give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living. See, God doesn't want you dead. He isn't saying, now put your body up on an altar and go ahead and go, eh. No, he wants you alive. 
That's what it's saying. It's saying, let them be a living. Everybody say living. Living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is the truly, this is truly the way to worship him. Living every day. Not dead, but alive. Our lives can and should be an offering to God. Today's message is simply called a thankful offering. And if you just heard the title at the beginning, you might think, well, how can I give an offering to the God of the universe? What does he want? He wants you. He wants you. You're the offering. But it's so good. It's so good. Because when we give our life to God, oh, he gives us that life abundant because he knows how best to live it out. Our lives as an offering is the appropriate way to give thanks. We sum it up here at Refinery Church. We have a phrase that we use to talk about the practical way. How do I daily give my life to God? How do we do that in a practical way, Kelly? Okay, I say yes to Jesus. I'm going to follow Jesus. But how do I do that practically? We have three ways that we say here at Refinery Church is a way that you say thank you to God, is a way that you demonstrate your appreciation and your gratitude towards God. And it's three words, time, talents, and treasures. Everybody say time, Time. talents, Talents. treasures. Now, sometimes you might have thought, oh, this is about building a church. This is about serving. This is about offerings and tithes and all that. Yes and no. This is not simply a strategy on how to build a congregation. This literally is how to give an offering to the God of the universe. And it starts with time. Everybody say time. 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 Let me start with Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. Let's all read this together, shall we? Ready, begin. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another. Encourage one another to meet together. You see, we gather here on Saturday nights to to connect, to reconnect, to see some people or friends or make some friends, to to be encouraged, to, to, to grow. Um, to hang out, to eat some good food that our hospitality team puts together at the end of the service, right? You know, wings next week, right? We want wings. That sounds good. Portos. Who likes the portos whenever we have portos, right? Okay, come on. But those are all secondary. The primary reason we gather together on Saturday nights is to worship God, to say thank you, God, for another week. Thank you, God, for another week. It may have been a tough week, but I'm here. And so I'm going to give you my time. I mean, think about this. And this is not to condemn anybody. But I want you to consider this. If God was willing to step out of heaven and come to earth and put on a human suit, a stinky, smelly mm, human suit, and live here for 33 years, and then die on a cross, a painful death, a shame-filled death? Shouldn't we show up and gather with His people at least once a week? 
at least? Shouldn't we make it a priority? Shouldn't it be something on our calendar that we say, oh, I can't miss this. I can't miss this. If the president of the United States, let's not talk politics. Maybe we should, I won't even go there. If somebody in great authority, well, let's not even go there because that just messes things up. If somebody in great authority schedules an appointment with you and somebody comes to you and says, hey, you want to go grab some coffee? And you look at your calendar and go, oh, no, I'm meeting with the, C I'm meeting with the founder of Apple. Well, he's dead. Okay. Bill Gates is still alive. Yeah. Bill Gates. Most people like Bill Gates, so here we go. Bill Gates is on my calendar. Are you going to say, I'm going to ditch that meeting? Let's you and I go have coffee. I'm, I'm not here saying, man, you better be on Saturday night or you're not a Christian. You, you, you really don't love God. That's not it. It, it. It's about a heart of gratitude. And it's saying, God, I want to give you my time. And maybe it's not just Saturday night, though it should include that. Maybe it's every morning when you wake up and you sit with your cup of coffee and your piece of toast and peanut butter and jelly and your Bible. That's what I told you I just did. That's what I do. Your cup of coffee, your peanut butter and jelly and your Bible. And you say, God, I'm starting my day, my time with you. It should be a priority on our calendars. It shouldn't be an option. If you're truly grateful, if you're truly grateful and you consider what God has done, you go, man, I got to give my time. I got to give my time because that's an offering to God. Do you know offerings are sacrifices? Offerings cost. Because if it doesn't cost, we talked about that before. If it doesn't cost, it's really not valuable. If it doesn't cost something, it's not really valuable. If you're giving away your junk and your throwaway stuff, you're going to throw it away anyways. I've been in church a long time, 30 years I've been in church. And I, I've been in churches where, hey, we're going to be raising some money for these things so that we can improve the buildings or we can send people to camp or we can send people on missions trips. And inevitably, there's some people who go through their garage and go, yeah, what was I going to throw away anyways? I'll just give it to the church. That's what I'll do. I was going to throw that. I'll give it to the church. Maybe they can make some money off of it. Okay. Is that how much you value what God has done and what God is doing? I'm not here to condemn. I'm just here to challenge tonight. Shouldn't be an option. We should give our best, yes. Yes. including our time. That's why we gather here Saturday nights. That's why we have Saturday nights every week so that we can say, God, we're doing this. We're putting our time aside for this. I'm gonna challenge you, church. When things come up, look at your calendar and go, you know what? I need to be there. Because I want to be where God is speaking. I want to be where God's people are. And scripture says, let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another. I'm encouraging you. We gather here. I mentioned this last week. Um, the teams, the pastor, the other leaders, we prepare all week long like a chef is preparing a meal for you. And if you miss, you miss out. You miss out. Time. Number two. Talents. Talents. How do, we, how do we give a thankful offering to God? With our talents. God has gifted some of you. 
Matter of fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to put it out there for a couple of people right now. I, I need to give some shout outs. Uh, some of you know John Beeson, right? John Beeman. Sorry, I, knew, I used to know a John Beeson. John Beeman. <laughs> Is it Beeson or Beeman? Beeson. I know a John Beeman. It always comes up on my phone. Every time I go to text you, I'm like, now which one is he? Is he Beeman or Beeson? Who's Beeman? John Beeson. John Beeson is an extremely talented young man, isn't he? If you know him, if you don't know him, you get to need to go on. And I, I'm pointing you out, bro, and I hope this doesn't embarrass you, but I can tell you when there's something here at the church that needs to happen, he's the first one to say, how, how can I help? How can I help? We had some bricks break last week, a couple of weeks ago. Josh Chase was up there climbing on the building, being a monkey. Bricks fell off. He fell down, cut open his leg, and people are like, oh, poor Josh, but look at the bricks. No, we were concerned about Josh, and now Josh is all healed up. But John came over here today or yesterday, I don't know when it was, and just got in there and fixed the bricks, made them look all nice. If you went out there right now, you'd have no idea talented young man using his talents for God as an offering of thanksgiving for what God has done in your life. Isn't that right, John? Amen. And I know his testimony, and God has done some great things in his life. God has gifted each of us with talents. Maybe you're good with numbers. Maybe you're good with teaching. We have probably 20 kids in there tonight. All of your kids. You get to sit in this nice, cool room. Quietly enjoying. Yeah, I know. Amber, I know what you're saying. Thank you. Some of you good with organizing. Some of you good with construction. Some of you good with art and music. How you use these gifts and talents can be an offering to God. When you use those gifts and talents, it blesses the Lord. Think of God as our Heavenly Father, who has given you gifts and talents and abilities. And when He sees you using those for His kingdom, using those gifts in appropriate ways, it blesses Him. He loves that. He loves to see His kids using those gifts. It's kind of like you. If you were to give your child, or maybe a nephew, or a niece, or a grandchild, a, a toy at Christmas time, how would you feel if they got that toy and went, Oh, thank you. And they move on to something else. I mean, how would you feel about it? They'd be like, hey, you are grateful. See if you get a toy next Christmas. No, 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 no. But if they take that toy and they're playing with it, and the next day they're playing with it, doesn't that make you feel good? That blesses you. That's how our Heavenly Father is. Look at that scripture. Colossians chapter 3 says, And whatever you do, do it heartily with your whole heart, is one translation, as to the Lord, not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of inheritance, for you serve the Lord Jesus Christ. See, your talents are to be used for Him, and that's an offering to the Lord. That is a thank offering. Amen? Amen. Number three. Treasures. Treasures. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 through 10 say, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. Why? 
so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Now, I don't think, are there any farmers in here? No, didn't think so. Are there any uh, vintners in here? Any vine, uh, grape, winemakers? And you probably won't admit it if you are a winemaker. Emma, put your hand down. <laughs> I haven't seen it. <laughs> Sometimes this is hard to understand because oh, you're not a farmer, you're not a vintner, you, you don't do this. But what it's talking about is, is your businesses, where you work how you bring increase into your life. What it's saying is honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first and with the first fruits of your increase so that your business will prosper. So that your bank accounts will be filled. So it's talking finances. It's tithes and offerings. Tithes and offerings. We honor the Lord, we give him a thank offering when we honor him with our possessions. Now tithes and offerings are different. Tithes are that 10% that we've talked about in the past. It's the 10%. We say, God, we obediently set the standard and say, here's the 10%, the first 10%. But in the Bible, we see that there was actually offerings that were separate from the tithe. Once a year, the people of God would bring a thank offering or an offering of thanksgiving. It really is what inspired us in the United States to have a holiday called Thanksgiving. Its roots can be traced all the way back to the people of Israel that once a year would bring an offering of thanks to God. Yeah. And well, how did they do that? With their possessions. With their possessions. Not just with song and praise and lifted hands, but with their possessions. We first see it in Leviticus chapter 7, verse 12, where it talks about the offering of thanksgiving. I'm going to show you that even King David understood this principle, and as a result... Israel was the most blessed under King David because King David got this and understood how to be thankful. I'm going to show you one simple passage, and for the sake of time, I'm going to go through it quickly. King David showed practically how to express thanksgiving by bringing an offering of thanks to God as he was preparing to build the temple in Jerusalem. We read about it in 1 Chronicles. All the people, he had all the people gather. And they all gathered and they wanted to get, they wanted to say thank you to God. They wanted to somehow demonstrate their heart of gratitude because now Israel was at peace. God had subdued all their enemies and they were living in peace. And at this point in history, Israel was the, the superpower of the world. And under King David's rule, David himself knew it wasn't because of me. I'm one man. It's because of God. And so David calls the people and say, we are going to thank him. So they prepared to honor God and build the temple and give thanks. And let me read to you what they did. I don't have it on the screen, so just listen. And we don't have any dramatic music this time. <laughs> Though that was really cool. <laughs> First Chronicles chapter 29 says this. Then the family leaders, the leaders of the tribes of Israel, the generals and the captains of the army, the king's administrator, administrative offices, all gathered and gave willingly for the construction of the temple of God. Here's what they gave. Check this out. They gave about 188 tons of gold. Can you go? That's a lot of gold. 10,000 gold coins, 
375 tons of silver, 675 tons of bronze, and 3,750 tons of iron. Man! They also contributed numerous precious stones, which were deposited in the treasury of the house of the Lord under the care of Jehiel, a descendant of Gershon. The people, here it is, check this out. So they bring all this, and it says, the people rejoiced over the offering. They rejoiced over the offering. For they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord, and King David was filled with joy. They weren't going, oh man, I could have used that. Right, God. No, no, no. It says they rejoiced. And verse 13, here's what it says David said. Oh, our God, we thank you and we praise your glorious name. Oh, Lord, our God, even this material that we have gathered. See, he puts it in perspective. Here it is. That we have gathered to build the temple to honor your holy name comes from you. See, he got it. Even all this stuff is yours. Verse 17, I know, my God, that you examine our hearts and you rejoice when you find integrity there. You know I have done all this with good motives and I have watched your people, here it is, give this offering willingly and joyously. Time, talents, and treasures. It's more than a nice principle. It's more than a fancy way to build a congregation. It's a way to say thank you to God for all he has done. When we give of our time and we come on Saturday nights and we serve and we're, we're gathering together, you're saying thank you, God. When you're using your talents, whether it's hospitality, whether it's construction, whether it's using your muscles to set up and tear down, you're saying thank you, God. When you contribute through your tithes and offerings, you drop an envelope in there or you put money through our, our digital websites, you're saying, thank you, God. Every day, giving thanks to God. You see, we offer, come on up, Jordan. We offer these thanks continually through our time, our talents, and our treasures. Not out of religious duty, thinking somehow you're going to earn God's favor because you can't earn it. It's a free gift. The grace of God, the salvation of God is a free gift. We do this out of a heart of gratitude. It's an appropriate way to say thank you. We do this because we consider all that God has done, is doing, and will do. It's an appropriate response by giving our lives. Will you do that? Thank you for listening. For more information, check out our website at wearerefinery.com, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram at wearerefinery. God bless.